0: You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. Go ahead and turn to 1 um, Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be in there um, quite a bit tonight. We're continuing our, on our series, the Holy Spirit. Anybody here glad for the Holy Spirit? Uh, how about all of you glad for the Holy Spirit? And um, I would not want to live my life without the Holy Spirit. I feel one of our main purposes in this series, part of the whole assignment that I feel like God has given me in this, is to correctly look in Scripture. And uh, here's, here's the, the phrase that I've used most of this series too. if you had never been to church, never watched Christian television, never been to a meeting or anything, but had only read the Bible, the old New Testament, then you would have such eager, great, pure expectation and desire for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Isn't that true? And that's true. It's people and stuff and groups and things and seasons that, you know. Kind of on occasion can misrepresent or not know some things or whatever it would be. And so um, we want the Holy Spirit in his purity and his power and his preciousness to work in our lives. And you need to know this. That's his main work is in your life. Come on. That's with you when? There you go. Always. He's with you always. Are you always in church? No. No. Um, so certainly in our services, but his main ministry is in your life. And, uh, we've been looking for a couple of years now in this series. No, 17 weeks. Um, we've been looking at numerous ways that he does that. We're now, we're now talking about some of the gifts of the spirit. And I really want you to just dial in on this. In First Corinthians chapter 12 and in verse one, Paul writes under the inspiration of who? the Holy Spirit. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, now if you'll notice in your Bible, if you're looking in your Bible, the word gifts might be italicized. And that means uh, if you look it up in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, it will be assigned this number, 9999, which means it's not supported directly in the original language, which New Testament would be Greek. And so it's inserted uh, by license, by the editors and translators and they feel that it is appropriate in the context to add that I feel it is but any word like that you can also to help you see a little bit what's saying go ahead and feel free to lift it out for a second and read it in that sense and uh, then put it back in because I know some of you will just hyperventilate if if can't take anything out of scripture you're not you're not you're not okay so it says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren say that's me It says, I do not want you to be ignorant. So this word do not be now concerning spiritual and then leave out gifts. Uh, Literally in the Greek there, it has to do with spiritual things, um, spiritual realm, and certainly in the context, spiritual gifts. But now concerning spiritual gifts, but don't limit it to just that spiritual things, the realm of the spirit, supernatural Paul said what? He said, brethren, brethren. So believers are to be informed. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, this word ignorant means that you don't understand. Either you do not understand, you do not know, or you are wrong. And he said, I don't want you to be any of those that you don't understand, that you don't know, or you're wrong. Another way to put it is, uh, he's saying, I don't want you to be misinformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. So if we're, first of all, not going to be uninformed, then we're going to be informed. And in being informed, we want to be properly informed. And you're not going to do that unless you rightly divide scripture. And so we take the time on this. The reason I'm painstakingly explaining this verse is because there are whole groups of people that say you should not study anything about the spirit. Just let the spirit be the spirit. And that is, uh, extra scriptural meaning that is apart from scripture and scripture is very clear. He wants us to understand. He wants us to be properly informed concerning the things of the spirit. Are you with me so far on this? Okay. Now the reason that he does not want us to be uninformed or misinformed is, and uh, in, in certainly in this context, talking about the gifts, that God, by his Holy Spirit, he provides gifts. And these gifts are to help his people and they're also to accomplish his work. We've ended a couple weeks by letting you know this. The purposes of the gifts are to, number one, glorify God. Everybody say, glorify God. Glorify God. And second of all, edify the church. Everybody say, edify the church. So edify is to build up, to encourage, to make stronger, to make larger, actually. And so the church is, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the church is you individually and it is us corporately. So just right there, we've learned a lot that if the gifts are to be in, in and we'll talk about all the gifts here in, in a moment, if the gifts are to be used properly, then the goal will be, and it is repeated so many times during 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, they've got to be done in such a way that two things happen. That God gets glorified and the church, individually and corporately, gets edified. Okay? Y'all here? Y'all acting a little sleepy on me here tonight. What to do? Okay, perk yourself up a little bit. Speaking of that too, uh, another word comes to mind, Caffeine. We're not going to be quite ready to open the, uh, the cafe this week. We're one, we're a week delay. It looks like on that. I was in there today. It is beautiful, and uh, it's all coming together, wonderful, and it's going to be a real hub of fellowship. Plus, it's going to smell awesome. So, just want to share that with you. All right, back to this. So, we're going to glorify God with any gift. Any gift, glorify God and edify the church individually and corporately. Now there are different lists of gifts, uh, of gifts. And this is important. You understand this. There are three major lists. There are references to, to couples and groups of gifts throughout Paul's writings. Uh, we have in Romans chapter 12 that we studied a couple weeks ago, and then we gave out the spiritual gifts uh, inventories. Did y'all get those? Okay. How many of you did those? OK, good. If you haven't done it, go do it. Uh, they have them still, I believe, out at guest services. You can pick one up on your way out and you just answer a bunch of questions and then you self score it. And it will tell you kind of where your what we call motivational gifts are. And you can see where those things are. There's also um, online on uh, Meta- uh, uh, our Meadowbrook homepage page. Uh, On the front, there's about three, four slides that go through. And one of those also, you can click on there. Uh, I believe that's still up and you can go there. And there's an online way to do that. But I think it's important that you need to know part of your giftings. And these are listed in Romans chapter 12. Now, if you read that carefully, you'll see that these are actually called gifts of God. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where we're going to spend some time tonight, there's another list of gifts. And these are... Uh, gifts of the Spirit. Then in Ephesians chapter four, you find the fivefold ministry gifts that we'll talk about in weeks to come, and it says that those are gifts of Jesus. So Jesus gave those to the church. God gave gifts to everybody. The Holy Spirit gives gifts, and Jesus gave gifts to the to the church. Everybody has gifts. I said everybody has gifts. And I believe this, and let's just start here at this point. Everybody has natural, God-given, say God-given. God-given. Everybody has natural, God-given gifts and abilities. I, I believe that you get them at birth, early in your life. The Bible even says, train up a child the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. If you read that in the Amplified Bible and it's supported in the Hebrew, if you raise up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gifts and bents. So people, some people are bent athletically. Some are creative. Some are uh, nurturers and helpers. And, you know, everybody's kind of got something from birth. Where did you come from? You're made in the likeness and the image of God. Every child that is born, even if parents are, you know, a mess or a bad situation, you know, that child in and of themselves, they're not the accident. You understand? And God makes them whole and God, God loads them with potential. I wish the church had showed up tonight. God, God loads them up with potential and gifts and has a plan and a purpose for the life. No matter what anybody else's plans got messed up or whatever. Are you hearing me? And so I believe that from the very onset, and then as they grow and start to develop uh, as a parent, it's part of your responsibility to encourage those gifts, help them discover those gifts, help them to develop. We've paid for lessons. We've sent them to camps. We've done st- stuff. We've read things. We've encouraged them. We do what we need to do. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jake says this, find out what it, what it is where your, your child is kind of been and expose them to greatness. So if it's music, expose them to greatness. If it's art, expose them to that. If it's athletics, expose them to greatness. So they'll rise above just what they think and what can happen on their little street. And and as life goes on then, we've got to realize that anything you have though, any ability, any talent, it's God given. If you can decorate, if you can cook, if you can build stuff, if you can fix things, whatever. God gave you that. I said, God gave you that. If you've got attention to detail, God gave you that. If you never meet a stranger, God gave you that. If you've got a wonderful smile and an understanding heart about you, God gave you that. And we've got to take those gifts. And Romans chapter 12 is very strong about this. Whatever gift you have, here's the main thing. Use it. Everybody say, use it. Use it. Now, when we talk about these, these gifts... Um, A few years ago, Alicia and I took a trip and and we went to a concert, Celine Dion. How many of you ever heard of her? She can sing a little bit. we were very fortunate and we had primo seats. So we're like front row, real close to the center, about as far away as I am from Alicia right now. And it's just the most amazing set, cast, music, everything else. And as she sang, and she was not singing Amazing Grace. Amen. Are y'all okay? Or are you that stiff? Okay. She's for the most part singing love songs. Well, I have somebody I love. And I don't, you know, I don't go, hey, baby. Amazing grace. She'd probably go, eh. Okay, anyway, she was singing and I started to just weep and I turned over to Alicia and she's just weeping because we were so aware and we talked about it and still I'm, three years later, we're still so struck that the gift she had, which is a remarkable gift, whether you like her, I don't know her spiritual life, I don't know any of those things. This is what I recognized and knew. That little tiny lady, and she's little, has a huge gift from God. We fully recognize. If I could say this and y'all not totally religiously freak out on me. (laughs) That gift was so engaged and in such use and brought to such a level. There's a sense of anointing that goes with it. If she'd only give that, to the kingdom. You know, and I want to pray for some people like that that have some of these massive gifts and to come into the kingdom. Because I, I tell you what, people all over go, I'm going in the kingdom of God. I'm going in the kingdom of God. And and you watch what God is raising up within the body too. those that will give him those gifts. But my point is this. Is that her gift is from God. And all of you have gifts. And we have a responsibility to steward those gifts. And make them as large as we can. Now, as believers we take those gifts. And here's what we do. We allow God to add to them. We steward them. But then you ask God to add to them. To enhance them. To grace those gifts. And then you use them for two things. What do you use your gifts for? Come on. Glorify God. Glorify God. And edify the church. Now, what some people do, and I'm not accusing her of this. I don't know her spiritual life at all, okay? Well, what some people do, they fail to acknowledge that the gift they have came from God. And you know what they'll start to do? Glorify themselves. And whenever you have a gift, how many of y'all have a gift? If you're listening, your hand is up, okay? Because everybody's got, and you're like, I don't know what it is. Okay? Maybe you just naturally smell good. You know what? What? Whatever. My little grandson, Gavin, he has that gift. I just, he smells like heaven. Ask Lee and Katie, where'd y'all get him? They said the perfect store. I mean, whatever. How many of y'all have a gift again? I was just, just like, you have a gift. Discover that. Steward that. Yield it to God and ask God to do something with it, do something with it and help you so that you can glorify him, glorify him and build up some people around you. You with me so far? Now, John, the Baptist said in John chapter three, verse 27, he said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And James says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the father So if you got something and you do, you need to get busy with it. Well, I'm retired. Well, get it going. Find out what it is. I'm good at golf. Good. Use it for God. Okay. Whatever it would be. Now, the list that I talked about And this is where I'm going to ask you to open your mind to a little bit of new thinking. Maybe as far as the approach to this, none of these lists are complete. I think if you rightly divide scripture, you cannot say there's all the gifts. I do not think that all the gifts are listed in scripture. And in the context in which Paul, every time he lists the gifts, uh, one commentator said this, it's almost ad hoc. It's almost like he's just naming them off and so the the gifts of uh, the list then they overlap they vary considerably and no two lists are complete uh, and no two lists are alike and so i believe there are plenty of gifts how many of you know that god has more than just nine and five and how many of you know he's probably got plenty okay now let me say this also and and because it's part of my my background too. I hope you can understand this. If, if you only try to understand the gifts, in, per, in particular right now, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 12, which we'll read in just a moment here. You're not going to properly understand the gifts based only on, you ready for this, charismatic tradition. If you try to properly understand the gifts based only on charismatic trad- tradition then you're going to miss it a little bit. You're going to have to go scholarly a little bit. You're going to have to rightly divide the word. You're going to have to find out what some words mean. You're going to have to find out some history. You're going to have to find out some context to put this all together. It doesn't take anything away from it. It actually gives it broader base. Part of my background and experience, I went from being in a little Southern Baptist church to suddenly, uh, crazy Maddox I mean it wasn't just charismatics it was crazy you know and it was just all over the place and so my first exposure to gifts of the spirit was scary and just all over the place and 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 here's here's something that even as a young man concerned me there was no unity that went with it There was confusion that went with it. And there ended up being division as a result of it. And I said, That can't be right. Yet the gifts are listed in Scripture. So my whole life I've I've been cautious that our approach to gifts be in line with the scripture says, because it said it's gonna glorify God, it's gonna edify the body, it will promote unity, there will be order. People won't think you're nuts. And, and scripture actually talks, if you don't handle some of it right, it says that the unlearned or unbeliever that will come into your presence, and, and this is important, will come in and think, and this is the literal word in, in, the, in the Greek, they'll think you're insane. And if somebody thinks you're insane, are they going to readily value the information you're going to give them? And so Paul said numerous things. He said, I'd rather come to you, speak five words that you can understand, teach some things, give you some instruction so your life could change. And so things would be good. So we're not taking away anything from the gifts, not at all. But how about we just do them in the light of scripture? Oh, that was so weak. All right. All right. Now, uh, let's pick up here. You must rightly divide the word. You must not define functions of gifts, boundaries of gifts apart from the word. And you do not make doctrine out of manifestation. So in a setting of people and something happens and you go, don't know what that was, but hey, it happened on this night. So we're going to do it. No, you do not make doctrine out of manifestation. All right. Now let's go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're still with me, say amen tonight first Corinthians chapter 12, verse eight. And here is quote the list. Now it's going to list nine, but I believe based on numerous other scriptures, and perhaps we'll look at them in weeks to come, there are more than nine quote spiritual gifts. And so sometimes we've just been told there's just nine, Uh, but we'll actually see there's room for more. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, probably the greatest living diplomat for the gifts of the Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit will be Pastor Jack Hayford. And Pastor Jack Hayford, who is—I uh, mean, I'm telling you—he is for the gifts and the proper manifestation of the Spirit. I know of no one on this planet that consistently teaches more about how you need to be Spirit-filled and led and formed. And uh, so he's for this. He's such a diplomat. He can go into virtually any denominational setting and talk freely about all the things of the spirit. And Pastor Jack Hayford even says this. And they're listed listed last year, tongues and interpretation of tongues. He said this. Those are the problem children. (laughs) And so there's a lot of care with that. And we'll get into that in weeks to come. We're going to talk about the first two in this list here tonight. Paul focuses on particular gifts in this listing out of um, relevance to the Corinthian church. Let me also say this 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. 12, 13, and 14. This sliver in the whole wide Bible, this sliver in the New Testament is corrective and it's instructive. There's no other place in, in Scripture, New Testament, where this, there's this kind of discussion going on. So what Paul did, Paul's teaching, and what did, the, what was the first thing we read tonight? He does not want us to be what? He does not want us to be ignorant. He wants, to, he does not want us to be misinformed or uninformed. He doesn't want us to not understand. He doesn't, doesn't want us to be wrong. So he's coming back because the Corinthians, well, the Corinthians were doing things kind of out of order. They had a bunch of things out of order. They thought communion was a picnic. (laughs) They they brought things in from their pagan pre-Christ days into the church. They had all kinds of things that were really out of whack. And so what Paul did in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, he brings some correction. And in this place, he takes the opportunity to talk about some of the gifts. Now in the Greek, it's very important that the order of how things are listed. And so Paul here starts out with word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Um, Paul's point, and you can kind of pick it up here. Notice that he said, if you're still got first Corinthians there, word of wisdom through the spirit, word of knowledge through the same spirit, uh, another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. And so Paul's major point is this, whatever the manifestation would be, it's by what? It's by the Holy Spirit. So these gifts operate by the Holy Spirit. We'll read a little bit later here that the diversity, the activity, the manifestation, the distribution of these gifts are all by the Spirit. Where the Romans list, that's things that you have, they're in you and you develop and you always have those things. But these gifts are going to be, uh, this is not all the time in your life. How many of you know though that if you are... Um, a caring person, you're caring all the time. Or if you're athletic, I mean, you don't wake up one day and you're not athletic. You, you see? And so those gifts. This is a different kind of thing. This is by the spirit. He, he controls the, the diversity of it, the activity, the distribution, and the manifestation of these things. Now, Paul's point is the manifestation is of the spirit. Here's the second part of his point. is for the profit of all. Let's look at this, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, verse 7, verse 11. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, verse 7. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. But one in the same spirit, verse 11. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And I've pretty much commented on that. Now, why did Paul start out with word of wisdom Word of knowledge. Let me give you a little bit of historical background that we have to have that goes with this. Um, Corinth was probably the most important Greek city at the time of Paul. And it was just a hub of all kinds of things. And so in this Greek culture, um, they they prized speaking. They prized reasoning abilities. That was huge. If you were able to stand and speak... You were a rock star. If you could sit among people and what's another thing that's huge that we've gained out of the Greek culture? Philosophy. If you could sit around and you could talk and you could reason and you could do those things. This was huge. This was so valued in the culture of these Greek Corinthians here. They would even have speech contests. They would have reasoning contests and debate contests as a part of what is called the Isthmian Games. Now, if you remember the Isthmian Games, I don't. Um, These were Greek athletic games that were held the year before the Olympics and the year after the Olympics. So they alternated with the Olympics. And so it was competition that kept everybody up to speed for the Olympics. So in addition to the javelin and to running and wrestling and doing all those things, guess what? They also had speech. This was so valued and so prized uh, within the Greek culture here. And the Corinthians were fixated on these gifts of wisdom and the gifts of knowledge. Now, I'm just talking about regular people. We're not bringing this into Body of Christ scenario yet. So they were just fixated on this. This was a huge value. This was something that was greatly prized within their culture. Was wisdom, knowledge, and speech. So much so, Paul addresses it in 1 Corinthians. uh, Especially the first four chapters. So much so. And we can see a little bit of Paul's chagrin maybe in this. They preferred Apollos to Paul. Because Apollos was this skilled speaker, teacher, and reasoner. And so Paul gets to a place in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Some say, I'm of Apollos. Others say, I'm of Paul. He said, hey, can we cut all that out? And just realize Paul planted, Apollos watered as a teacher, as a speaker, as a reasoner, and God gave the increase. But see what they did, they so prized, they lost the point of what Apollos was gifted to do. Uh, And that was to impart the knowledge and the wisdom to them. They lost sight of that. And they were exalting him even, you know, above Paul as a preferred speaker, just because they valued speech, wisdom and knowledge so much. Now, in verse eight, we find this phrase word of wisdom, word of wisdom. And we're going to look at two aspects of this and then the word of knowledge. And I'm going to try to tie this all together here. Word of wisdom, and, and I worked a lot on this. Um, actually, I didn't, I didn't finish, didn't get to this part two weeks ago uh, when I was teaching on this. And so I've literally been kind of going through some things off and on for about three weeks here to come up with this as a working definition of a word of wisdom. Um, first of all, by, by word, it is not just a short quip, okay? It is a, an utterance. A message, it's rhetoric, which is persuasive speech and discourse that is full or marked by wisdom as a manifestation of the spirit, which means this, uh, wait a minute, I'll give you, I'll give you some verses for it in a minute. Now word of knowledge is same kind of thing, an utterance message rhetoric that is full of or marked by knowledge as a manifestation of the spirit. Now, so we have wisdom, everybody say wisdom. Y'all with me so far? Now, normally I'm, I'm just, I'm hitting some big points and how to apply them tonight. We're slowing down a little bit and we're, we're doing a little archeological dig. Okay. We're we're, y'all okay with this. I mean, I want to know what's going on. I want to know why this. And so we are digging it and there's information available on this. So we need to know this so we can understand some things about this. So everybody say wisdom, Wisdom. Knowledge. knowledge. Now, how many of you know that man can have some wisdom a man can have some knowledge, but well, this is by the Spirit, so it's going to go further than the wisdom that we would have naturally, and it's going to go further than the knowledge that we would have naturally, and it's going to be applied and carried through the through the the uh, vehicle of speech, and it's going to be more than just a quick little quip. It's utterance. It's a message. It's discourse. Here, verse eight in today's English version reads this way. Uh, The spirit gives one person a message full of wisdom, while to another person, the same spirit gives a message full of knowledge. In the Amplified Bible, it reads this way. To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit, the power to speak a message of wisdom. And to another, the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same spirit. In uh, one of the uh, research places I went to here, here's an uh, alternative translation for this. God's spirit gives one person the ability to speak a message that is full of wisdom. And the same spirit gives another person the ability to speak a message that is full of knowledge. Here's what it is. It's to speak publicly and impart wisdom, knowledge about God or from God. And here's how it happens. Okay, you ready for this? It's happening right now. I said it's happening right now. You could also rephrase these, put it all together now. And and don't worry, we're going to come to another aspect of this in just a second. When someone is teaching... Do we just want some knowledge and some wisdom? Or would we like to go past just some knowledge and wisdom and actually have something that the Holy Spirit has kicked in and and brought up? So whenever someone's teaching, whenever someone's counseling and the Holy Spirit helps them to do it. That is by definition, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. It's not always just a short quip kind of thing. It is discourse. You know what it could be? A lesson. It could be a sermon. And I believe God for this all the time. Sometimes I've had people ask me, well, do y'all ever have word of wisdom or word of knowledge? And I want to, I wish I'd known a while back to say, come on week 17 (laughs) of, because it takes a while to explain. Listen to me, all the time. Now, there's another aspect to it, and we'll we'll get to that in just a moment. But you need to understand, put it in the light of which Paul delivered it in a relevant way to the people. What did they value? Wisdom, knowledge, and speech. He put those at the top of the list, which is very important on how things get ordered there. And he's saying, listen, y'all prize that so much, but here's one of the things the Holy Spirit will do. He will use wisdom. He will use knowledge. He will use speech. But he will use in a way beyond what you prize as far as a man being smart or whatever it would be and that the Holy Spirit would kick in and do do something with that. What are the two results of that? God gets glorified. Why would God get glorified? Because he didn't know that. He couldn't have dug that out or whatever it would be. And what's the other thing? People get helped. People get edified. Okay, you all with me on this. Now, I'll take just a moment on this because I've got some ground I have to cover before we get out of here tonight. You should see my notes, especially on a Sunday. Especially, Especially after a Saturday night, early Sunday morning, in between services, the things that come. And I study. My wife can vouch for this. I study and I work hard. On studying and digging things out, because I believe I've got to do that. And if I'll show myself faithful and diligent up to a certain point, then God will kick in and take us beyond that, and then and then yield that to Him and ask Him to do that. Well, you have no idea, and I'm not going to you know wave a little flag each time that it happens. But during a message, things that I did not study. Things that I did not read or they didn't make sense to me when I read them enough that it was whatever and God by his Holy Spirit will throw in there word of wisdom, word of knowledge and people get helped and he gets glorified. Now, let me show you another aspect to this and and please, please, it doesn't just work with me. Last week, Pastor Mike was up here and I'm going to tell you, God did the same thing tonight. We've got several hundred students over in the gym. And we believe God that whoever's ministering over there, Pastor Sean or whatever, that that would be working there. Do not limit this to just this little part. Now, let me go and talk about this other part here, though. Sometimes word of wisdom and word of knowledge is also a supernatural, spontaneous inspiration of wisdom or knowledge. By wisdom, suddenly... By the spirit, you know how to handle a situation. And so you're talking to somebody, you're ministering to somebody, you're encouraging somebody, you're counseling somebody. And a word of wisdom will come to you, spontaneous, supernatural, from God. And suddenly you've got the answer. You know how to handle this situation. And and sometimes it's just for yourself. It's like, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And God will give that to you. That is a wonderful gift. And then word of knowledge is the same thing. Same kind of thing It's supernatural, spontaneous impartation of knowledge. And that is that now you have some facts, you have some insight, some knowledge about a human need or situation. Both of these also could roll over a little bit into what prophecy is. It's also revelation, which I believe also is a gift. That there'll be some revelation that would come. Now, we've, we've referred to it in the past sometimes as this. They read my mail. I wish you could stand. No, actually, I don't wish. But, but I go to the door after services on Sunday morning. And I would guarantee at least half a dozen, dozen people on every Sunday. How did you know? And my wife tell you. And, and you know, I'll kid him. I said, we got cameras. We got spies. Or, yeah, follow you ever. You know what? God knows. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that by prophecy, everybody say prophecy. And I believe part of how word of wisdom sometimes manifests and word of knowledge sometimes manifests is actually like prophecy. And it says that prophecy would be way better, better use and better benefit. Than say just tongues. And and I'm not making an issue of that right now. Because it says a person could come in. And you would declare by prophecy. The secrets of their heart. Read their mail. They're an unbeliever. And it said they will fall. Fall down and worship. God and say God is in this place. And so. It can happen in a counseling session. It can happen when you're sharing with somebody that suddenly God will give you something. I've had it happen when I used to counsel. I know our counselors have this happen. Sometimes they're talking about this and this and this. And I say, well, you should do this. I've done all that. And then all of a sudden they'll know something by the spirit. And they say, you know, did this ever happen to you? Or what does this mean to you? And the person just breaks, cries, whatever. It's like their mail gets read. Or the Lord is showing me this. And a person should never use that to manipulate people. I said a person should never use that to manipulate people. But out of purity of heart and the Holy Spirit will give insight into a situation. Now, let me, let me just wrap this up. Do you remember Jesus was at the, at the well and the woman at the well showed up? And they started having this very civil conversation. And there's a whole lot in that story. First of all, she's a woman. Second of all, she's a Samaritan woman. A um, whole lot to that, but Jesus just starts talking to her and, and he says something about well why don 't why don't you uh this and this and she goes uh, blah 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 and then he goes, Well, let me tell you something you 've had five husbands, and the one you 're living with now is not your husband and she knew at that point boom that was that was thing she knew at that point yeah this this is the messiah this is the one we 've been looking for Go back in the Old Testament, and the Holy Spirit would manifest things even in the Old Testament on occasion. The prophet Elijah, the uh, Syrians got all upset because every time they planned some kind of battle plan, Israel already knew about it and was ready for them. And they said, "What's going on?" The, the Syrian king says, "What's going on?" And they said, "It's that prophet Elijah." It said, "It's like he's hiding in your bedroom and he knows all your secrets, and he knows your war secrets." And God shows him those things and then he tells the king of Israel and they're ready to do it. I'm telling you, God will help us. God will give us favor in life. God will help you to know some things even ahead of time or even in a situation. I know how to handle this situation. I know what to do with it. We need the gifts and manifestations of the spirit. And when you're trying to help somebody, trying to encourage somebody, you're teaching a class or you stand to speak or you're counseling somebody, listen, you certainly want it to go past what you know or what you could study. We want something from God to come in and to help and to give some wisdom, to give some knowledge so that God could be glorified and people could be helped. Amen. Well, I'm going to stop right there. We are not done. So there will be a week 18 on this. Okay. At least anybody get anything at all out of this tonight. All right.